0: Gorgeous listeners, welcome back to another edition of Throwing Shade. Alan, your new glasses are super cool. Thank you. Do you like my new glasses? Yes. (laughs) My hair is also pink now.
1: I love your, well, it was pink before too. That's true. But now it's pinker.
0: Uh, Thanks. Yeah. More pink. I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Um, So welcome everybody. (laughs) It's lovely. We're super excited to be here. My throat is a little hoarse because I just came back from singing around a bonfire with all of these lovely older women from a local synagogue, which is a thing I've done for like five or six years. And uh, it reminded me of our talking about like blood and smoke in a previous episode, but there were Mm. no sadly shady involved. That you're aware of. Not that's you know what? Excellent point. I will check myself before I do the proverbial wrecking of myself. OK, so what are today we what we decided to do is to um, look at a single text because we've had a lot of um, listener comments about the, the sources that we reference and wanting to dig in a little deeper. And so we're going to try out just looking at one and um, playing with it. Let's learn some Gemara. Let's learn some Talmud. Yeah, baby. Bring it. OK, so. Alan, tell us, what is the what is this actual piece of Gemara that we're going to be learning?
1: Okay, so this is uh, from Sacht Chagiga.
0: So Tractate Chagiga.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's from, uh, for those who are extra nerdy, Daf Tazain, which is page 16. Okay. I'm an Aleph. Okay, it's, so side one. Yeah. Side A. Right. Cool. So, and uh, I thought it'd be a good one to start with. It's got some good uh, sort of introductory material. Um, for shadim anyway.
0: Yeah. So bring it.
1: All right. So it starts with Tanur Rabbanan. We're learning in a baraysa. Uh Shisha Dvarim, Nem Ruba Shadim. We learned that there are six things that were said by the rabbinic sages about Shadim.
0: Okay. Shleisha, because up. they're totally sitting around talking like sh- talking about shading, like we are right now. We're just mm-hmm. continuing this mm-hmm. this grand <laughs> line of tradition. <laughs> Sure This is really important Okay go ahead Yeah it
1: is Okay Shleisha Kemal Cheshareis Three In three ways We know that Shadim Are like the The uh, archangels Yeah ministering angels yeah. The, the ministering angels mm-hmm. Which are I don't think I have to say But extremely high holy beings Yeah the big guns with big guns With like access You know Right um, Right Okay The
0: consiliaries
1: this is, this is important for later in the Gemara, but they, they have extremely high amounts of access to uh, these. All
0: the access, the best access.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and in three ways, Shadim are like human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In the following three ways, they are like the ministering angels. Okay. The Malachim. Again, Right. And it's a, already
0: come up in, in previous conversations that like there are actually a lot of commonalities among these two. So what are the what are the rabbis put out here?
1: OK, so the first three that we learn about are yeshlehem knafaim. They have wings. Both mm-hmm. Shadim and Malachim have wings.
0: Right. Because they're chickens and chickens have wings. No, they're not chickens,
1: but okay. they have chicken feet.
0: <laughs> OK, fine. Is chicken feet one of the three things?
1: No, Malachim do not have chicken feet. Malachim, we know from Isaiah oh, right. and from Yehezkel, uh, the, uh other prophets in the Bible, we learn that they're they are actually single footed, and it sort of comes to a
0: right. Which fun fact is the reason that when Jews pray the the standing prayer, the Amidah, you keep your feet together um, because you're trying to be like an angel who only is has been bestowed with a single foot. Right. So we're sort of thinking not, it till we make it. not
1: like not like an amputee, but more like a um like a like a like a single body uh, converging at, at, a, at a single right. point. Like, right.
0: Kind yeah. of the way like Johnny Bravo looks if anybody's watched that cartoon where he's like a triangle with those two tiny little legs sticking out, but there's really just just one and I'll you, have to like you're sure he's gonna tip over. Take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, um, a cultural reference that you didn't get? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Okay, so three um, things. So wings.
1: Wings. Well, we, one thing we know uh, about, they, they don't, uh, the, the B'risa doesn't uh, go into detail because we know that some Malachim have six wings, right? Three pairs right. of wings. And... Um, we, it doesn't go into detail about shading specifically if that's similar for them mm-hmm. in in number and in placement of those wings. Yeah. Or if it's just like a bird would have two wings. That right. sort of thing.
0: Yeah. With the angels, it's like each pair of wings has a very particular job. Right. And two of them are actually just for covering up the, you know, all the stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll stop. <laughs> This is a podcast about shady. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah. we're okay, talking about, about angels, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, nobody cares. So that's that's Moving no, on. number one. One way in with in which shadim are like Malachi yesharis. Yes. Okay. Um, they have Fatasin olam fa'ad They can travel from one end of the universe to the other.
0: Like Joe the Demon.
1: Uh, well, okay. So we know about Yosef Shad, something about his, um, first of all, according to Yehuda Hasid, he didn't actually travel. He was communicating with another shade and that was only between Surah and Pumbadisa and it was on Shabbos, so he wouldn't travel. So, but that's one. (laughs) Right. Because demons observed the mitzvot. Right. That's, that's from the Sechus Erevin in another part of the Talmud. Yeah. But, um, but, uh. No, this is not even traveling from one city to another, although that is also in their ability, mm-hmm. their skill set. Right. But um but the, it is actually traveling from one end of the universe to the other. So it's like it's, you know, they it's like space travel you can think of it, but it's also space like a and tesseract. time and I Oh, you mean like because uh, they're like multi- folding
0: they're... space and sort of being able to hop from one point to the other instead of taking the long way, which is following the line from point A to point B.
1: Quite possibly. Um, that they is are extra the dimensional.
0: superpower.
1: They're extra dimensional, like mm-hmm. like other supernatural beings. You could think right, of it so that way. Right, so it's like nothing.
0: Okay. Right. So we got <laughs> wings. We got going from one end of the universe to the
1: other. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, and they know the future, like the Malachi Hashanis. See, so that's, shading, that's wild to me. Know the future. like the, Well, okay, hold on. So it, you're not the only one whom, to whom it is wild. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, the Gemara continues by, uh, I should say, pauses here. And the Gemara says... Um, and so will we.
0: Okay. Let's take a quick break. So just like the Gemara, we took a quick break. And after learning these three things about Shadim, the rabbis are like, whoa, hold up.
1: Well, it's the third What's thing. What's going on? Yeah, it's the third thing that really stops them in their tracks. Because they say, you, you really believe that Shadim know the future?
0: Yeah, that seems problematic.
1: Um, Well, they can, actually. So here's what the Gemara concludes. It says... Um, so in other words, the same way that Malachi, Malachi Asharis know the future isn't that um, they actually know the future because ultimately that's a power reserved only for God. Mm-hmm. And um, so even the Malachi Asharis can't really know the future. Mm-hmm. They have to hear it almost Second hand, so to speak, right? <laughs> so like listening
0: words, through the wall.
1: Listening through the pargo. Yeah, there is a there is huh. a partition between one level of shemaim of heaven and the next. The level of shemaim in which the future is told mm-hmm. is separated is 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 in one s- space, so to speak. I mean, this is not a physical thing, so we can't really speak in physical terms. Sure, But, sure. but for the purpose we're, of this, we're
0: along for the ride for the metaphor. Right. Keep bringing it. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: So. Um, uh, if you could, if, if if it could be, you imagine you know one space in which there is the future is being told, right, and then an, the next space after that is where the Malachi asharis kind of hang out. That's uh-huh. that's their that's as far as they go in terms of their access, like we were talking about before, right. And in between those two spaces is a partition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the Malachi asharis can listen at that partition they sort of put their ear up to the uh-huh. thing. So with, I'm picturing
0: like an open office floor plan, like the Googleplex or something. <laughs> and in these different kind of spaces, there's different different levels and depth of conversation about to what extent, you know, they're finding out about our lives and then using all of that information. Yeah, yes, sure. okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so, um, um, and Malachia can do that. Apparently, so can Shadim.
0: Yeah, but where where are they getting that information? Like, they're not hanging out in Shemaim with, they're not hanging out in the heavens with with the angels. Like, how do they yes, even they get are. up to that wall?
1: Yes, they are. They are. What? Yeah, they are. And that that has to do with a number of different factors. Um, one of them is called the the Sitra Akhra, which we can talk about in a subsequent episode. episode. Yeah, this it came would up be before. Two, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a significant part of talking about Shadim. But we shouldn't discuss it now; it would take too much time. But so suffice to say that they they have access; they have the same access, apparently, um, or at least similar access in that sense uh, as the Malachi Yasharei's have. So, if you weren't freaked out about shading before, you should be now. I'm really worried. <laughs> I'm.
0: Re- <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So, but, but I guess that, that, I mean, part of the question is like, you see why the rabbis then are really troubled by this, right? That these, these creatures that are, um, that are going around causing, uh, causing trouble and encouraging us to do different things and, you know, standing in the way of humans doing mitzvot also are sort of at the right hand of the big guy, like having access to the same kind of knowledge that you know, God's messengers are, Mm -hmm. are supposed to have access to.
1: Right. Um, That doesn't,
0: does that worry you?
1: (laughs) Well, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, something that I think is an important, well, doesn't keep you up at night. Here's the thing, right? I, I think maybe we should talk about this in a, in a subsequent episode as well, but just for the sake of clarifying a few things that may be questions at this point, um, Yes, shadim are as we said in our first episode or second episode. I don't remember three things, right? They're real, they're external, and they're everywhere. Uh huh. And now we oh, know.
0: Oh, so like <coughs> legit everywhere.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Including but, outside of the corner office. Sure. Okay. Um,
1: but we also know a little bit now about how powerful they actually can be, and one thing mm. and one thing to keep in mind is that, um. Despite all of these things, there are protections against the Shadim. And I'll just say this briefly. Mm. The best protection against Shadim by far, and all agree about this, the best protection, all the rabbis, all the sages throughout time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me. They all
1: agree about this. The best protection against Shadim is keeping to the Torah and mitzvahs. If you do the Torah and mitzvahs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's the whole point of Shadim, I believe. Anyway, we again, we should talk about this another another time. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the whole reason why, like you said, these rabbis are sitting around from time immemorial uh, yeah. talking about Shadim is to reinforce this idea of what right. is actually positive and doing Torah and mitzvahs. And... It's a yeah. protection as well as, of course, doing the will of God and all
0: right. That. Well, I think, and I think part of what I'm taking away from this uh, this text that we're digging into is just how um, meaningful it is to have access, right, to mm-hmm. um, to the people with the knowledge and to um, to whoever is in power or or whatever it is, and just um, that's a that's a huge position to. that's a a crazy position to be in and to say that like the demons have that same level of access as these uh as as the angels who you know we generally think of as like good or at least benign kind of creatures is is really as opposed to
1: shading who are malevolent right or also benign or helpful actually in some cases Mm. um
0: fascinating thanks alan all right Okay, so even looking at one text, we really only got about halfway through. So we found out how Shadim are like the Malachim, uh, which is super cool. Um, And we're going to have to leave the how Shadim are like humanity for next time, which I'm very excited about. But in the meantime, it's actually a really great transition to an excellent user question that we... User? Listener question that we got from uh, the fabulous Keshet Golem Girl, made of Clay. That's M-A-I-D. Note the pun and give her a hat tip for it. Um, So she sent us an amazing question on Twitter asking, um, so she was reading an English translation of the memoir of Saadi Levy, like you do, um, and that text mentions shading being spoken of by the names, quote-unquote, those who are better than we, and quote unquote those from below, rather than saying the word shade. Do you know of anything more about these euphemisms or the reason for the quote unquote better than we? Um, hmm. Thank you, first of all, um, Great Golem Girl, awesome question. Um, and you know the the euphemism thing is familiar to me because even even as far back as you know in the Tanakh, in the in the biblical books, there's you see instances of this, like mm-hmm. um, you know in Job, for instance. Job's wife tells him after like he's been he's been thrown at all the all of these afflictions have been thrown at him and actually that's a great story that's not necessarily about demons but about the Satan and kind of that's that's a cool thing to think about too but um, he's in a really bad way and his wife is like bless God and die and it's like what do you mean bless God like no she actually means she means the opposite Mm -hmm. and um, using that terminology just makes it it makes it more comfortable it makes it sort of more palatable and um -hmm. so that kind of thing I've heard about before I
1: love the voice you used for Job's wife by the way I thought that was (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's what she sounds like in your head
0: well uh, no that's just what she sounds like I mean there's yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) there's a great there's a great scene this is a total side note there's a great scene in this movie called a thousand clowns um, with Jason Robards where like a couple of the characters are reenacting a conversation between like Alexander Hamilton and somebody else. And they're just sitting around having a normal conversation. And the joke is nobody actually knows what they sounded like. And it's a great movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but let's get back to the question. Um, geez, stop distracting me, Alan. Um, so what do we know about these euphemisms? And also specifically what's kind of troubling, which I feel like ties into our previous conversation is this idea of shading being those who are better than we. Mm -hmm. What is up with that? Okay. Unacceptable.
1: Right. So I have a lot of things to respond. It is a great, great question. Um, Let me start with, let's see. Um, Let me start with, okay, Sadi Levy, right? Mm -hmm. So I know absolutely nothing about this person, I don't think. Yes, we've done zero research before (laughs) answering Um,
0: this question, but let's dive in. Except,
1: except um the source uh, it, read if you read the question again please Miriam it's a um something uh something Spardy. it's not or, or something yes
0: from J.N. Bernadette's Hispanic Culture uh, that's right which I found okay. cited <laughs> in Foundations of Sfardic Spirituality the Inner Life of Jews of the Ottoman Empire by Rabbi Mark D. Angel
1: ah right okay of course okay so awesome <laughs> nothing but love for Rabbi Angel um but I will say great name too so appropriate for this episode. <laughs> right. Um, and I will say this, that s- unfortunately, Sfardy, uh understandings of Shadim and all of this whole realm that we're discussing is not at all my forte. I'm mm. mostly familiar with more Ashkenazi uh, approaches, and that should be clear. That said, um, two things. I'm not prepared to say that this question stumped me because <laughs> I want <laughs> to be clear. Half a gold but, star. <laughs> right. um, also, we do plan on having guests on our podcast, some of whom are experts in this farty uh, approach to this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, I acknowledge that I'm lacking in that, and uh, that's that's point A. Point B, um, with regard to the euphemisms. Mm-hmm they are very common especially when speaking about shading especially especially when speaking about a certain shade that many of our listeners may be familiar with uh called the ayin hara Mm, mm
0: -hmm. uh, the evil evil eye. eye right if you've seen those little blue eyeballs like if you've been to israel or actually lots of places in the middle east you see a lot of Blue and eyes, and mm-hmm. the That's, or an ahamsa sometimes in the center of the palm. Those those right. little uh, amulets that look like hands. Yeah,
1: right. Which were um, uh, uh, borrowed, you could say, mm. um, back and forth between the Jews and the the Muslims. It's also called the hand of Fatima, which was one of the super cool. Yeah, from the Muslim tradition. But um, uh, Fatima. Anyway, so um, they. Uh, the the evil eye the ayin hara uh, is extremely powerful extremely prevalent in lots of this uh, lots of jewish cultures Mm -hmm. safari and ashkenazi included and uh, one way to avoid the ayin hara um, is by doing using these euphemisms Mm -hmm. and by specifically avoiding saying something for example that's good uh in order so that what the ayin hara does is it is, is it by saying something good, you tempt the ayanhara into coming and possibly causing damage to the good thing that you mentioned. So, right. for example, um, you know, a, a newborn baby. A lot of people might avoid saying, "Oh, look how cute!" or "Oh, look how wonderful!" or "How, how holy!" and blah right. blah blah. Right, cooing. Might, cooing. A lot of people might avoid that, even though they might want to. The the yeah,
0: because babies are cute.
1: Well, but. You, if you want, don't want to tempt the Einhara, the Einhara basically says, "Oh, you think that baby's so cute? Let me Wait till you see what I do to it." You know that sort of thing. <laughs> Einhara um, is a jerk. Th- it's a shade. It's a kind of shade. Yeah. The Einhara also has other connotations. It should be and notifi- It should be noted. But um, that's one. That's re- uh, one example of how these euphemisms get used. Right. And in order to even avoid using the term "shade." Mm. That's one way. So you, you use a term, a euphemism to skirt around.
0: Right. And so it's not even it's not even just like a different word. It's it's sort of heaping on praise that really, you know, amplifies that that uh, that effect of, of pushing away and and, you know, not wanting to draw in this this bad guy.
1: Right. The last point about those better than us, I'll, I'll point to three things. One is the euphemisms we just mentioned, mm-hmm. that it, it was saying that by saying they're better than us, we may actually be implying the opposite. Mm. However, I don't think that that's true. Um, there are a couple there are many instances where, for example, um, uh, Shadim, are term. So one ex- one example was brought up in one of our le- most more recent episodes about the story of Ashmedai. We know that Shlomoh HaMelech uses a verse from Devarim, from from Deuteronomy, describing the, the where the Torah itself says that Shadim are greater than humans, mm. and uh, compares them to the Malachim Asharis as we've started doing in this episode, mm-hmm. um, and then. More specifically, uh, there's a source in um, uh, Nishmas Chaim, which is a, uh, a, a 17th century Italian Kabbalist Kabbalistic uh, sefer, a book, um, where he explains in no uncertain terms that with regard to something um, called yiras, shemayim, yiras Hashem, which is the, the uh, awe, awe or of, fear of God yeah. uh, and of, of heaven, um, Shadim are greater than human beings. Well because I think like you mentioned before, access right if you know right then
0: access is everything right oh so, my gosh Shading I feel like are sort of the paparazzi of Shemaim uh, I'm gonna close we'll, with we'll, that what was that That was an amazing listener question. you guys if you have other questions, other things that you'd like us to tackle, please shoot us a message on Twitter and we will be happy to address those in a future episode. Okay, we ran a little long, and so no action item this week. I mean, ponder the importance of access, or go rent the movie A Thousand Clowns because it's delightful, and All right. you know whatever makes you happy. Um, but uh, in the meantime, everybody have an awesome week. We will catch you next time on throwing shade, better living through Jewish demonology. Bye, everybody.